0: Welcome to the Mental Health and You podcast. This podcast brings you information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust with a range of teams, services and those who use them sharing their experiences and wisdom with us every
1: fortnight. Hi everyone, welcome back to our podcast for for Participate with uh, the Children and Young People Services at Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust. Um, today, we're going to speak about mental health and disability. So to start things off, has anybody got any kind of experiences of this or that you'd like to share?
2: I'll go first. Um, basically, yeah, I think, and, and this is kind of where the where the idea came from, I think, was that I, I do have a, a physical disability, but. I do find that when that is playing up as such, or when I feel like sensitive about it, that can really affect my mental health and my sort of anxiety and motivation to to do things, which can also include managing that disability. I don't. I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced that.
3: Def definitely, I have, and I think in my experience, um, if you if you have mental health issues on top of a physical disability, sometimes I'm not sure how to put this. People will assume that. Um, you feel down or anxious about having a disability, and in my case, it's it's a mixture. So yeah, it's yeah. I think people can be very easily misled, and I've spent a lot of time trying to teach or reeducate the people that have work working with me, so that they can see that they're linked, but they need to be treated separately as well as together if that makes any sense I um,
2: would I would completely agree some there are times where people will assume that I'm having if, if I'm having a bad day there is the risk that people will assume that it's because of my physical health or that my life's. sucks and that's not always the case, and it doesn't always suck.
3: I completely agree. And it's like that pity and an inspirational thing as well. Like we're just normal people at the end of the day, and mm. that that's to be acknowledged and respected. And yeah, there needs to be a middle ground as well. I so I think that contributes to
2: absolutely. And I think the one, the one thing that you know you, you can that there is there is a link as as i said to you as, as as i said if something physical happens or if they see something that can trigger off thoughts about the future with a physical disability mm
3: mm-hmm.
2: that can massively affect my mental health definitely and can then affect how i manage my physical health
3: Mm -hmm. it's a cycle isn't it Mm. and not everyone's aware of it that's why i think there needs to be more education
2: yeah
4: i definitely agree with that i mean as someone who so i don't have a, a Disability that you could very easily physically see. So I'm autistic. So it's all it's not mental health, but it's inside my mind, and that makes it really so. Like sometimes you'll think about, oh, did I make myself look too much like I'm? I've got this. Will I get? Will I get this position? Will I be able to get this job? If they know this is going on for me and that affects my mental health because a lot of the time you think well I'm not being valued as a person I'm being valued as someone who has this and that this really limits me
2: mm. completely relate and the other the other thing i find is i i the one thing i always feel really in that insecure about I know it's me but the one thing I sort of tend to feel insecure about is do I look disabled and it it comes out in little things like when I'm happy it do I do I look visibly different and that that can then affect you because you worry about how you look socially that that can be a bit this is is something to be aware of and the other thing I the other thing I find is that the worst thing you can do is read up about your own health situation like your own diagnoses or whatever, because then I find you have, I I then feel, like if I know stuff about my physical health, I feel, I tend to like make sure not to act that way. So I don't, because I, then I worry that, like i I don't want to look obviously disabled, I
3: guess and i I think adding to your point, Grace, it's, it's very difficult when you have a physical disability because you have you have um like almost like if you use aids, like people kind of assume that it's part of your identity and like we were saying earlier it doesn't it is one tiny tiny part of your identity it's not you as a whole person and that really grills at me because yeah you're more than your condition and yeah I feel like I've spent my whole life trying to get that across to people and sometimes it falls on deaf ears
2: I completely relate to that because my, none of my aids particularly make me happy.
3: Exactly. They
2: are satisfying almost, but so is chocolate.
3: Yeah.
2: What makes me happy and what makes me me is dancing and being around my friends and Mm. my family and having a hug having a sing, having a
0: kiss
3: yeah, exactly but
0: how does that make you feel emotionally that'd be interesting to know um
2: guilty because I feel like I should be grateful, like, what went wrong, that I'm not completely and utterly blessed that I've got this aid to help. When I'm... What I actually feel blessed by is... What makes me happy and what cheers me up about having a disability is... The people that I
0: love and and care about. You are blessed because you're an individual person, and if everyone was the same, as the saying goes, the world would be a very boring place. So you should be proud of your like individuality and what's different about you, and what what's different for everyone for for
1: everyone else as well.
2: Exactly.
0: I quite, I quite
1: agree. I think you've hit on some really interesting points there because it's been, it's it's interesting to see how whichever podcast we've done or whatever discussions we've had in meetings, there's always been that theme, hasn't there? Whether it is mental health or physical disability or neurodivergence or whatever it is, it we seem to talk a lot about that feeling of identity and how sometimes that part is, I'm trying to think how to phrase this, how sometimes the other parts of us can be overlooked and the focus can really be on that disability or on that diagnosis. And it just I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but it just seems interesting to me how that does seem to be one of the the things which keeps coming up kind of like time and time again throughout these.
3: Yeah, I've I've definitely noticed it. Sophie in my own experience of the treatment that I've had, like. I didn't respond well to my treatment and they think that it's part of um, they thought that it was just a coincidence thing but actually looking back I realised that it's because it's happened that way because it was part of my disability like the, the side effects of not being able to have treatment, where because of something that is that has happened because of my disability. So, and I think people get a bit confused because the two do overlap. But yeah, you need to. But professionals think... need to um kind of be aware of that and be willing to make links and li- and listen to the the um service user rather than like make assumptions.
2: Um yeah. I think what what also really annoys me is and it is it's very linked again is people who assume that something is the case because of your disability Exactly. like for example not being able to see there's that there is an an assumption there wasn't I saw and and it is a, a thing there is is an assumption that you like music because you can't see but what it, that's could be true to an extent but actually it it, it's the case that you just happen to have this thing and you like music or walks or whatever for example people if I um I don't know but I'm sure if people, if I, if I told people that I can't see and that I like it when it rains, there could be the risk that they would assume that I like it because I can hear and feel the rain. But that's not the case at all. I like the rain because it's, (laughs) I find it liberating.
4: I think yeah, that the that's... result of doing that, uh, as from like someone <laughs> else's perspective, if correct me if I'm wrong, does that almost feel like they're taking away from your personality, from your you-ness Almost, your yeah. I've got this bank of things I really enjoy, and not everything in this bank has to relate to the stuff that might not be going so great in life or the stuff that I might find challenging my challenges don't have to relate to my interests to my qualities to my to the things that are good in life
0: no
2: because actually and that must feel
4: really validating
2: yeah exactly because actually my personality is pretty much complete and utter opposite to my physical health you are not
0: your disability though that's just a part of you just like people with mental health they don't their identity isn't their mental health and it's the same with people with disabilities their identity isn't their what did I just say yeah their identity isn't their disability because it's about your personality
1: at the end of the day yeah and I guess that brings us on to that kind of idea around identity and language as well and mm. how kind of language can be used to either like add to the stigma I guess or to really celebrate the person and their personality as to who they are has anyone has anyone had any experience with that of kind of how the language around disability feels or how that's differed or the impact that's had
2: yeah I've I've had people um and it's one thing i really hate but people when when people modify their language because they see like once they know you can't see and suddenly it's like feel that watch the listen to the telly you you do you do still look and you do still watch, you just do it with the different different parts of your body.
3: And I find adding to um adding to that point about language, um I I do find that some people will say you suffer from a condition or a disability and you live alongside it, or you try your best to, even if it puts mental strain on on you. so so i I don't like the term suffering because it, it impairs pity, and yeah, that's not good, really.
2: Pity is very, very bad i i I think that pity. Pity, for me, is an immediate red flag that just causes a shut-off and a lack of trust.
1: Taylor, hey, no,
4: did you want to come in? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, what I was um, sort of going to say was that... So, on the topic of language, I have a friend who... He likes to say... he is my disability i am my disability not i have my disability and i think it's important to think about how everyone that lives with things like this we all have like our own ways of understanding it in our minds and sometimes it's very similar to the point of modern culture is that when you meet someone you ask them what their pronouns are so maybe when you meet someone and, you, and you've and you known them for a while and you want to refer to things like their disability in an appropriate way, ask them, what language do you like me to do? And almost, I don't want to say act as an alien, but never assume anything and always let that individual person guide you. I'm not sure what other people think to that I just think that would be something Um, I would find useful
3: yeah I've I've always thought that just in the same way you now like it's commonplace to see people's gender pronouns I think at the bottom of an email we or something like that maybe have like I don't know, language, semi talon identity first, or, and then give an example, like, um, for me it would be, have a disability, but for others, uh, they like to refer to themselves as, or prefer to, um, to refer to, um, refer to themselves as disabled person, and, and, I have seen that done in a few places, but it's certainly not commonplace and I think it needs to follow behind, really.
1: A bit slow. Maybe I something think... we can get the momentum going on, Simone, here. Def- Sorry, Sophia.
0: Um, when you guys have said that you don't like the term suffering from a disability, I wondered if that developed from people who have, like, maybe been born... Without a disability, and they gain a disability later in life, like having an amputation or having an accident and becoming blind or becoming deaf, or you know, etc., etc., and then maybe that's them suffering, yeah, from the disability because that's them trying to adjust their life and I suppose maybe it shouldn't be used as suffering still but for some people that will affect their mental health and therefore maybe they're suffering from either or the disability or the mental health or both and they're just learning to adjust to their new life with a disability or yeah. The
2: one that that always makes me laugh because I'm I'm blind so I was born blind and the one that always makes me laugh is when I see things about um, living with sight loss. I'm like, well, I haven't lost anything. Just, it, it, always, it just always makes me laugh.
1: So I, I guess we spoke about like um, the language and how... You know that could be improved, and hopefully that's something that we can make sure becomes more kind of commonplace. But is there anything else you can think of around things like that that you'd really like to see be, you know, happen more often, or that can really help to try and get rid of some of that stigma, if that makes sense? So there, and I know earlier Simone you spoke about educating um people. Is there anything that you'd really like to get across in this podcast to people listening? I I think just um,
3: that kind of equity of care or like to make sure that all d- people with disabilities have the same access to mental health care and not they shouldn't have to constantly justify themselves and fight against the system and well in my journey, there has been some very supportive staff. Um, My supporters and myself have spent a lot of time explaining to various people and it shouldn't be like that. It should just be like a consideration in treatment rather than like dismissing that person and not making them feel valid. I think that's really, really important.
4: I I think for me, in some recent interactions I've had, like I've been going for new things or talking to new people, and when they sort of sent the email saying, like, yeah, you've got the job, yeah, we want to get involved with us, do you have any special access arrangements? And I've never seen that before. I really like how it's being proactive. Do you, rather than putting that pressure on me to say, actually, yes, I do um it's a lot easier when you get asked that question from the outgo or like I was talking to someone today and they were saying um is it okay if I um use chewing gum or you or put strong cologne on is that sensorily too much for you and something that that opened my eyes to is how a lot of things like that, yeah. I do find them difficult, but I feel invalid in saying that because, though, because it doesn't feel big enough. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, but it's little, little things like that. Is when, and again, in a way, it comes back to identity and stuff. But what makes it worth? managing a disability and and managing mental health with with that is when people and especially people who you who you know and who you trust take the time to pay attention to the little things about you that make you who you are whether that's a weird quirk or something you like or just just anything that in or in or outside of your your health that that makes it all
4: worthwhile
3: definitely I think, yeah, go, go, on, go
4: on. I think there really is something about. I'm not sure if anyone else feels it, but do you ever feel like people sum you up to one thing, to the fact that you have a disability and that you don't really have anything else to you other than that one thing that they use to sum you up? And I think that's something that I always think about and how it's very important to... Identity is such a big thing, especially when you've been through things that almost take your identity away mm-hmm. yeah yeah That's um so i think that used to happen quite a bit for me when i was younger but um i think because i i tend to i've I've had a couple of new well yeah you know other than you guys of course i've had a a couple of like new new friends um here and there, so I can't, I can't. I've kind of been around like similar people for a while, um, so I can't. I'm not sure I can kind of relate relate to that. in like you know, I've not had that experience recently. Is what I'm trying to say.
2: <laughs> That's a good
1: thing.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky in that way.
1: A hundred percent. I think we've had. some really... Th- oh, sorry. Go on, Taylor.
4: I think on that point, just before um, everything gets tied up. Uh, and bound into a nice little package. I think it's nice to talk about having a disability and having things like that. It can really affect your social health, your ability to make friends. It can make you second-guess yourself and think, oh, my God, do they think I'm different? And I think it's important to think about how our social lives and our social health are, really can quite drastically affect our mental health.
2: I would massively agree with that that's and that that comes back to what I was saying, like for example, if I'm really happy, I tend to dance about quite expressively or sing quite loud, and it's a case of how on earth does that look in a social situation? <laughs> Pretty
4: silly, probably. No, but I think it's important to remember that we are who we are, and the best thing we can do to make friends is to show who we are. Because if we put on this mask and make ourselves look like what we think people want to see, we'll never have a true friend. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, and I think that is actually that comes back to. Like being in a, as as a part of this group, I've I mean I've had like friends here and there, and I I've, I've got other close friends, but I definitely say this is actually probably the closest, tightest group of friends, a big group of friends I've ever had, really. Yeah,
3: but I I'm, I agree because our experiences, whatever they may be, unite us and. Yeah, and we just support each other no matter what. So, and that's mm-hmm. really important. But you don't see that in wider society. You no. can become a bit, um what's the word I'm looking for, but isolated and ostracized if people don't understand you.
1: Yeah. Thank you all so much. I think we've had some really important topics and conversations here. And I know that some of the bits that we've mentioned today, Um, like friendships, for instance, are going to be included in some of our future podcasts. Um, So thank you, everyone, for, um, for listening in and for joining us. And hopefully we will see you on the next podcast. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to make sure you don't miss a future episode. Let us know what you thought of this episode by reaching out on social media. If you haven't already, listen back to previous episodes to hear some of the best mental health advice
2: for you.